you don't know this, but I had my own little Doc Brown style moment just a second ago. Oh, yeah? I came in here and the computer was at 8%. And I had to run to get my charger and get it back and plugged in time before the computer shut off. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Do you take this woman to watch movies? And do you take this man to talk about them? I now pronounce you a podcast. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Wife Watches. I'm your host, Jason. <laughs> I'm joined with the subject of our podcast. Me. Courtney. Your wife. Yep. It's been a little bit since we've recorded one. Sure has. We watched a whole season of WandaVision. We did. And half a season of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's right. There's a lot going on in the Marvel Universe. So we're just trying to get through the rain to the... We, we're we on a time crunch. Let's get into it. Yeah, you're right. What are we doing? What are we we're doing? wasting time. Yeah. Okay. What movie are we watching on this very rainy day? We are watching Back to the Future. That's right. What do you know about this movie? Oh my gosh. I know... Have you seen it before? Uh, who knows? You know? You ask me that about movies and I'm like... I, I mean, I know I've definitely seen it like it's been like on TV and I've been in the room. But I don't I don't know if I've seen it start to finish. And if I did, I was very little. What do you at least remember tangentially or know through like pop culture okay. osmosis? I know there's a guy named Biff. I asked you if his name was Griff because that's my brother's name. That's right. So I think from the time that I was very little, I thought that was Griff. Also... We used to call my brother Biff. So there's a lot with that. <laughs> I don't really. Okay. I know he's the bully. <clears throat> yeah. I know there are hoverboards. I know there's a DeLorean. I know there's white tennis shoes that are very 1985. Like when I, when I envision it in my brain, there's like there's like a watch that kind of looks like a calculator. I know like the look. There's like Marty McFly's wearing a vest. He's wearing jeans. He's wearing shoes. Clothes in general. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing clothes. But he's like, it's like very 1985. I remember I had a roommate who is a, a smaller build, much like Marty McFly uh-huh. and Michael, Michael J. Fox. For He was going to like a Halloween party and he had kind of, we, I was telling him because he had like a vest. And he's like, I want to incorporate this vest somehow. Oh. And I was like, you should go as Marty McFly. And I think it was even in, it was... 2015. It was like around oh. the time when it would have been. Yeah. And instead he went as like the, there's, was there some YouTube video where like there's some guy singing a song that was like, why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? Is that a thing? Do you remember this at all? It was something because I had the same reaction and he wanted to go as that guy. He kind of dressed up as that guy and then had a whiteboard hanging around his neck with the lyrics to the song. He had bleeped out like the word. He also, I don't know, it must have been like a church dance or something because he also didn't go shirtless like the guy was in the video. So he didn't go as the guy, basically is what you're telling me. Well, Nobody I, knew who he was. No, I mean, he's like three steps removed from and it. And everyone would have known who Marty McFly exactly. was. Exactly, yeah. But Marty thing. McFly is like... But he's like short, I guess. There, okay, I have an opinion. Okay. If you're gonna go as something for Halloween that nobody's gonna understand, just don't dress up. I mean, there is some, like, I would sometimes go as Wolverine. And I remember, it's funny we're Michael J. Fox, because I remember one girl at a party was like, are you Teen Wolf? And I was like, you know Teen Wolf, but you don't know who Wolverine is. That's interesting. <laughs> if you have to explain what you are, 
If it's like very niche, like I could even say like going as you know, some people go, they like it's like a pun. The joke is a pun on yeah. something. They're like, What are you? I'm like, I'm raining cats and dogs. Right. Or yeah. Some shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, if you're going to go so niche, you have to go all, all out. the way. Yeah. All the way. And like that's the only way to do a niche thing is to like really commit and find like a clever way to really go into it. Yes. What else do you remember about this movie? I know that I think it's in the next one, maybe. Maybe it's in this one. I don't know. He kind of dates his mom, um, kind of. There's a girl in it. This is going to make me sound like an idiot. It's Zoe Dutch's mom. Yeah, you're right. What's her name? It's Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. That's right. I like her. By the way, I had the biggest crush on her when I was a little kid. She's so cute. From Dennis the Menace. Because she's the mom Oh, yeah. yeah. Dennis the Menace used to kind of scare me. Because Christopher Lloyd, who's also in this movie, yeah. plays the guy. And he like kind of kidnaps Dennis. And he's like scary. And yeah. Be- uh, yeah, that movie was creeped me out when yeah, I was little. Yeah, same. Is that Walter Matthau in that? Mm-hmm. Weird. He also like burns his foot or something and like freaks out. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> All right, what? anything else? And then uh, Christopher Lloyd. Well, that's quite, okay. That's interesting that you know of it. There's it, a clock in the yeah, a clock's town a, hall or whatever. Okay. In the town center. Yeah. You must have seen parts of this I, then for I, sure. Yeah, for sure. But I don't know like I couldn't how it all fits together. You do you know what time kind like what time periods are involved? Uh-uh. Um, Wait, is there a pioneer kind of one? Maybe. In the West? Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I I, I don't know. Basically everything you said is kind of all over the place and it will like neatly like align. Okay. I don't know if we're going to podcast all three, but we're planning I to watch, watch the trilogy. Them. Okay. Oh, there's three. Yeah. Okay. So this movie was huge, like the center of pop culture, 1985. So mm-hmm. like, I'm not surprised that it has like leaked into your brain somehow mm-hmm. or that you even just like saw parts of it because especially us growing up in the 90s, right? Yeah. Personally, I was vaguely aware of these movies. I don't know why I never really saw them until I was probably like 12 and we got the trilogy on DVD. What you described is probably how I would have described those movies. Just okay. from like, just kind of like, like seeing on TV and like being like, there's a Western maybe. Like, so when did you watch them? I was like 12 when we first could illegally download music. <laughs> like when we had a computer to support it. No, it wasn't LimeWire. It was like poor man's LimeWire. But I remember t- explaining to my dad that we could download like any music was available to us, any song you could think of. And then he came back to me later with like a list of 20. He's like, could you download these songs and put them on a CD? And I was like, yeah. The main song from this movie was like one of the songs he wanted on. What song was it? Do you know it? No. The Power of Love by Oh Huey my gosh, Lewis that was News. that was in my mind. Really? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. I don't I should have said that cuz I didn't know I knew that. What a that. waste. That song is also one of those elements that's just tied to this movie too. Okay. Oh, I should have said that. That makes me mad. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll never know if you're lying. The year is 1985. Oh, I love it. Ronald Reagan is president. Okay. They actually make a joke about it in the movie. Um, do you want to know the top song? The Weeknd came out July 3rd, 1985. Was it a Whitney Houston song? No. Cindy Lauper? No. For some reason, I think you maybe don't like this artist very much. But I feel like there's a song you don't like from this artist, but it's a different song that is was the top song. George Michael? No. It's not his most famous, I think. Maybe it's... Prince? But it's, no. But I would say top three or five. Like, I know this song. It like might a just, rock band or like a pop singer? Sort of rock adjacent. All right, it's Brian Adams, Heaven. Oh, the song that I sing in the seventh grade at oh. an assembly. Oh, that song? Wait, yes. why? Wait, what? Give, yeah, you got to give me the context of this. So Viking of the Quarter. Is that a term I'm supposed to understand? Grade. What does that mean? <laughs> 
So we worked in quarters. We didn't have like trimesters or semesters. We were, well, we did have semesters, but they were broken out into quarters. And every quarter, there was a Viking of the quarter. We were the Crescent View Vikings. Got it. If you got really good grades and like were on the honor roll, whatever. (laughs) I can't believe I've never told this story before. How is this not brought up? Because we've, I feel like there's been more than one occasion where Summer 69 will come on and you'll be like, oh "Ah." yeah, I don't like Summer 69. Yeah. But I don't mind heaven. But that's not his top song has got to be everything I do, right? Yeah, okay. Robin Hood. I must have seen some kind of music video because I I see images from Robin Hood when I hear yes, that song. Yes, me too. Yeah, <laughs> is that too. weird? Anyway, so yeah, and they would have they would have a talent that you could go and you could audition, and I got it because I sometimes used to sing, and I sang that song for all of the seventh grade in a big auditorium. I sang Heaven by Brian Adams. Could people do anything they wanted? Yeah. What were some of the things that people would do? Because there's not much you can do other than sing a song or like well, play like an instrument, one right? one girl brought her dad in and they sang a James Taylor song and he played the guitar. Okay. I wonder if anyone Did you sing the that. whole song? Yeah. Why that? Why? I have no idea. I mean, the year was 2004. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I just brand out of Almost song. 20 years after its peak. <laughs> okay, that's so funny. Why did I choose that? Like, no one knew what that song was. No. Except the teachers. <laughs> what, what do you think your body language was like? Just hands to your side? Yes, 100%. <laughs> do you think you would have dr- dressed up a bit more, like, really kind of like, oh, yeah, put more, sure more effort had, that like, day? I like, brown leggings on, okay. a short, like, jean mini skirt. A white top with a pink tank top underneath. Yeah, you know, that was a good year for brown. Like, I remember that year, like, those big Hawaiian flower clips were in. So I would put one in the side of my... That's probably what I was wearing. Just my braces, like, singing a Brian Adams song. All right, top show, The Cosby Show. (laughs) Uh, New house, cost $89,000. Okay. That still seems like a lot in the 80s. Okay, well, the average income was $22,000. Whoa, that seems crazy. So maybe it's not... All right, uh, the toy of the year was the Cabbage Patch Kids. Sure, of course it was. I was also looking through a list, and uh, there was stuff like Transformers and G.I. Joe, and our buddy, Teddy Ruxpin. Oh, sick. That demon-possessed bear. That thing sucks. How I I will never understand why that was the thing. Did you ever have um, Pogs? Pobbles? Polly. Poppables, or we used to play with them. They, like, folded into themselves. Oh, no. Top baby names? Jessica. Yeah. Whoa. That was the first one on the list. I mean, it's every name that we were alive with. You ready? Jessica. Ryan. Ashley. Jennifer. Amanda. Sarah. Brittany. Michael. Chris. Matthew. Josh. Daniel. Topher? Yeah, right. Get out of here. But all of those ones, those are names of like- My siblings. A million people that I knew. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone I knew was like named that name. I found this out too. Madison was not really a name for girls- until Splash came out. Yeah, I knew that. Was Great. that a boy name before? I, well, I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah, okay. There's the Live Aid concert. Mikhail Gorbachev replaced Chernenko. Okay. As the premier of the Soviet Union. The Titanic was found. What? Like, the rem- they found the remains of the Titanic. Wow. And then the last thing I found was the original Nintendo released in the US in October this year. Ooh. And the best-selling book in Japan in 1984 was a strategy guide for Super Mario Brothers. That's how like huge it was. <laughs> Nintendo was. I wish I was alive in the 80s, but I wasn't. I was born in 91. No, I feel like I got the best of both worlds, honestly. 
because well, of I, I just feel like Utah wasn't is not like on the forefront of culture. Yeah, I think it's different now. The wor- world's so homogenized now, but like especially in the '90s, where like there was no internet, so I feel like a lot of the '80s and being like you and I both being like youngest kids of '80s siblings, a lot of '80s stuff trickled into our lives yeah that's probably true. so my experience in the 90s was like a blend of the 80s and 90s where like a lot of the clothes and stuff and like stuff i was watching and consuming was like like i was really into like ninja turtles and i was like familiar with like he-man and thundercats like stuff like primarily in the 80s along with like typical 90s stuff I still feel like I got a little bit of it. I watch like movies that I feel like were typical of the culture in the 90s. And even that doesn't feel quite like what my experience was. Like I, yeah. can, I can see pieces of it be like, sure, that haircut. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. But I'm like, no, mine was really like, I feel like a, a nice blend of the two. And then the internet happened. And then it was like everyone was kind of on the same foot. Yeah, that's interesting. And everything I had was like hand-me-down things. That's interesting because like my experience and your experience as a quote-unquote 90s kid Uh and as the youngest kid is so different than someone who is a 90s kid who was an oldest child. Exactly. The things that got passed down to you. Right. I mean, probably like the mid-90s, I started developing my own tastes and things and like, like, oh, well, actually now I'm into like Power Rangers and Pokemon and stuff. But for like that first half of that decade, everything I was given was like my bro- for my brothers. Yeah. So it was always like, yeah. I'm into Star Wars. Yeah, that's true. Are you in 1985 right now? I am. I'm well, there. Let's go watch it. This is a great... I'm getting ahead of myself because I, I want to see what you think about it. But I'm sure it's no surprise to you that I think this movie... Like, you love this This movie, movie rips. This movie is fantastic. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's go watch it. All right, let's do it. Okay, Courtney, what did you think of the movie? I loved it. Really? Yeah, you knew I would. Yeah, I had a feeling. I loved everything about it. Really? Yeah. Okay, what did uh, what what spoke to you? Loved the mom-son sexual tension. Right. Yeah, that was fun. I'm not a pervert, though. No, of course not. Yeah, okay. I just love the 80s of it all. I just got excited when, like, the very first shot of, like, his whole body when you can't, like, he, he's not turning his face, but you're like, that's, that's Marty McFly. That's, we're, we're here, baby. We're in the 80s. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> what else? <laughs> I did think, has Christopher Lloyd died yet? Which I know the answer, but, like, he's very old. He is someone who's always looked old. Yeah, but he's, now he's very old. He is very old He's, now. like, gotta be, like, 80s. Yeah. Because Michael J. Fox, I think, is a few years younger than my parents. Our parents were our age when this came out. Do you think this movie deserves its reputation? 100%. Really? It wasn't just like good. It was like that good. Yeah. Here's also something I have to say. All right. I have always thought that the DeLorean was the DeLorean. I imagine so many people do our age. Yeah. That weren't alive in the 80s. That it was an actual car. I had no idea. I thought it was the DeLorean was the Back to the Future car. What's funny about it is like it was an actual car, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was supposed to be like the car of the future kind of. And then it bombed. It was before this movie came out. That's kind of why they picked it because they wanted a futuristic looking car, but also... Were they also trying to make a joke because it bombed? I think so. Because he has the line when he's like, Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Ah. Are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? I didn't realize it was like an actual model of car that underperformed. And now, because didn't go anywhere, and now is so associated with this movie. Yeah. 
I have to imagine everyone born after 1990 yeah, that's thinks how, the DeLorean like, is a car f- from Back to the Future because yeah. they've never seen another one on the road. That's how like embedded into the zeitgeist it is, I feel like. I realized I was getting this, the next one I've maybe seen more of. I realized I was getting that one confused with this one. Okay. Because I remember hoverboards. I remember Biff is older and his dad. Well, Biff is older in this one too. I know, but he like turns into like a grandpa. <laughs> okay. I remember that. Um, and I remember the hoverboard very specifically. Yeah, well, especially because then they came out with hoverboards. And I remember there was a fake commercial with Christopher Lloyd teasing that they'd come up with the technology to make an actual hoverboard. Mm-hmm. Like that actually hovers. And people were like, is this real? <laughs> uh, okay, that's interesting. Because I, so I was thinking about this tonight. I didn't remember how a lot of this happened, the movie. I haven't seen this for probably six years. Last time I watched it was New Year's Eve 2015. I had no friends in town that New Year's Eve. I spent it entirely by myself. And I watched, I was like, you know, it's 2015. I should watch the Back to the Future trilogy. So I got sure. a bunch of Taco Bell. And that's what I did the whole night. And it was, that's cute. it was honestly so fun. But I was remembering one when I was watching this, I was like, I don't really remember exactly how everything plays out. The second one was the one I had the least grasp on when I watched them for the first time. I don't think I've seen a third one. Do you think I have? Uh, I'm sure you've seen parts of it. Did anything I said give it away? Yeah. I don't know what that, I don't know what it is. They're all one thing to me. I don't know which ones I've seen, I guess. Well, you'll find out. Our boy, our Titanic boy. Yeah, so you you spotted him. Took you a second. I was wondering if you were going to. Yeah, I did not realize he was in there until I was like doing a bit of research for this. Yeah, Billy Z. Yeah, his first role. Oh, really? His very first one. Uh huh. Well, I love this movie. Yeah. I think it's one of the best blockbusters ever made. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it feels like renting a movie with your friends on a Friday night at a sleepover. It's like in my mind with like Star Wars and Jurassic Park where yeah. it is just like appealing to every age and it's just like broadly entertaining. It's a good time. Yeah. Um, and just what a great idea for a movie. I've t- kind of talked to you about this before where I think the 80s, late 70s and 80s, the people making the films where that was like the first time it was okay to kind of like recycle nostalgia and to make money from it and so a lot of things from the 70s and 80s are reusing a lot of concepts from the 50s and this one is probably the most blatant because he's going directly to the 50s Mm -hmm. like i feel like that was like the peak of that concept too i didn't know it was steven spielberg for some reason do you want me to tell you a little bit about how this movie was made sure yeah uh robert zemeckis directed this movie do you Mm -hmm. recognize his name yes do you know other things that he's done uh castaway yeah uh, he did I Want to Hold Your Hand. He did. This was one of his first movies. He had done I Want to Hold Your Hand in a movie called Used Cars with Kurt Russell. They both were bombs. And then he did Romancing the Stone. Have you ever seen that? No. Oh, that's like with um, Kirk Douglas. Anyway, it was a big hit and that was like kind of how he got the cachet to do Back to the Future. And it was the idea that he and Bob Gale, his writing partner, had come up with. Bob Gale had been going through his dad's yearbooks had seen like pictures of his dad and was like, would I have been friends with my dad? (laughs) Like if we were the same age. And that's kind of where he got like the germ of the idea. And then kind of what Zemeckis brought to it was like, what if your mom had always told you she was a certain way and then you actually met her that age and she was completely different. (laughs) And so like they kind of like put those two concepts together. It honestly, it's one of my, it's such a like tight script, like such a good screenplay. So many things are like perfectly set up and knocked down. It's a kind of a marvel of a movie. I, I love it. How like, it's such a great concept. It's because it's like something that everyone can relate to. Yeah. Like everyone, the minute he like sits down and sits next to his dad, 
Like, aren't you always yeah, just like, man, what would that be like? Like, would you think you'd be friends with your parents? Yeah. Zemeckis was kind of like a Spielberg guy. Like, he was handpicked by Spielberg before Spielberg got huge. They shopped the script around to like 40 different studios who all told them no. They told him it was too tame because a lot of like the teen comedies of the time were very raunchy. And they even went to Disney who said it was too much. Mm. Like they're like, we can't have a movie That's with, interesting. with like a mom hitting on her son. basically. Yeah. So anyway, they were able to go get with Spielberg and go to Universal. When was E.T.? 82. Three years before okay. this. Okay. And this is actually the first movie from Amblin Productions, which is Spielberg's company that he creates. So yeah, it's funny because we always think of Spielberg as directing a lot of like really important movies, but he also like produced and basically built a ton of other very important movies in the 80s as well. So what Robert Zemeckis movie am I missing? You're probably thinking of Who Framed Roger Rabbit or Forrest Gump or What Lies Beneath. <laughs> he did What Lies Beneath? He did. He so like he Wow, he's of, got like a broad range. He kind of has had a really weird late career because he was like Obviously, Back to the Future was like his biggest hit. And yeah. like he was really on the forefront of pushing technology. Like who, if we ever watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit, it's insane the things they were able to do uh-huh. with that movie. And then he kind of hit a weird phase in the 2000s on where he did a lot of motion capture stuff. Like he did the Polar Express oh, yeah. and Beowulf. And he did like <laughs> Welcome to Marwin recently. Like he hasn't really had uh, okay. a respected one. Although he did one called The Walk a couple years ago with Joseph Gordon-Levitt where he, about oh, the guy. Yeah. Did you see that? No, but I know what you're talking it's about. It's actually really, I actually really liked that one. But similarly, it was all about, it was like Joseph Gordon-Levitt basically in a bodysuit and it was all for like IMAX and 3D. So he's yeah. always trying to like push technology kind of. He's had a weird latter half of his career, but something I thought you might like, Universal head Sid Scheinberg. He requested that uh, Doc Brown's sidekick change from a chimp to a dog because he thought that monkeys never made money in a movie. He also wanted the title of the movie to be Spaceman from Pluto. Cool. And Spielberg intervened and sent a memo back to Scheinberg and said, Hi, Sid. Thanks for your most humorous memo. We all got a big laugh out of it. Keep them coming. Because he figured that Scheinberg would be too embarrassed to like reveal that he was being serious about it. Whoa. Scheinberg later claimed the story was bullshit. <laughs> this movie also has one of the, probably the most infamous piece of recasting ever in a movie. I know what it is. Do you really? Yeah. I knew it because I know it's your boy. Yeah. Yeah. Eric Stoltz. Okay. So what do you know about this? I can I can kind of fill in any gaps. If... Eric Stoltz was cast. He was. And Jan Levinson Gould. Yep. What's her name? Laura Hardin. Here's what I don't know. Was she cast as a girlfriend or was she cast as the mom? Girlfriend. Was it that he was like, she was taller than him and there wasn't like chemistry or something? Well, okay. Let me, I'll fill in some gaps for you. Okay. They always wanted Michael J. Fox, but he was doing family ties. Okay. And couldn't just, couldn't be pulled from it basically. There's, there's more to it, but that's just like the overview of it. When it got around to casting Eric Stoltz and they filmed for five weeks and they just, I, like, I don't know. There's a lot of, like, hearsay. I think it was just that they never really wanted him. He, he's apparently, like, plays it very serious. Also, Eric Stoltz just isn't cool. Well, he's kind of mopey and yeah. moody. Like, I always think of him from Some Kind of Wonderful, kind of wonderful which also yeah. has Leah Thompson in it. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. I always think of him. Like, he is cool, but he, he's, like, a, pr- he's like he a heartthrob, not, but, but like, he is moody and mopey and, like, kind of, like, he's he, doesn't have the, he doesn't have the chemistry. No, and he's not, like, as charismatic as, he's, no. like, cool, but next to Michael J. Fox, you're, like. You need someone like Michael J. Fox. Yeah, so she got. Well, so they fired, they fired him. They let yeah. him go. They were able to get Michael J. Fox. The problem was, Laura Hardin is too tall for Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox, yeah. So they had to was. let her go, too. And then the Claudia Wells, who plays Marty's girlfriend. 
that original actress was originally cast but had to drop out because she was filming a pilot and was tied to this TV show that ended up getting canceled in the meantime. So when they fired Stoltz and Harden, they were able to go back to Claudia Wells and be like, do you want to come back in the movie now? And so she ended up getting back in the movie. What else did she do? Nothing. Nothing really. she in the second one? Well, I'll just tell you now, she's not. She was supposed to come back for the second one, but her mother got cancer, so she dropped out to take care of her mother. So they, oh my gosh. So Elizabeth really Shue replaced her. Oh, Elizabeth Shue's in the second one? Yep. My cousin's cousin? Sure. <laughs> How many times have I said that on this podcast? I don't know. Between that and like your Adam Driver story, you have a few that you cling to. Oh. I know I didn't some know families she was in popping the, up. I didn't know she was in the. Well, and it's funny because I feel like most people, because Elizabeth Shue is obviously more famous, right? I think a lot right. of people think that she is the girlfriend in all of them, and they forget that it was a recast. Elizabeth Shue seems really tall. Also, when did Adventures in Babysitting come out? Eighty-seven. Okay, so she was. When did the second Back to the Future? Four years later, eighty-nine. Okay, so she'd already done that. Yeah, she was like, it was, she was a known quantity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, it cost between three and four million dollars to reshoot the scenes they had filmed with Eric Stoltz. Oh my gosh. Can you see those anywhere? So there are two shots in the movie that they kept. One is in the diner when there's a close-up on Biff's face when Marty punches him. Apparently that is Stoltz's hand. And also there's a scene where they're driving the DeLorean when the Libyans are chasing them that he's the one driving. I was trying to look for it, but it's kind of hard oh. to tell. Because sometimes it just looks like it might be a stunt guy yeah. in there. But yeah, those are apparently the only things that they kept in because they had to basically reshoot everything. So do you pay Eric Stoltz for those two scenes? Yeah, he was... Well, um, not like, really. but 50 bucks. Well, no, he's... I'm sure they paid him for the five weeks and then that yeah, was that's, it. Yeah, sure. And the other crazy thing was... Um, so Michael J. Fox was still filming Family Ties and he still had three months left to like of filming for the season. So he had this crazy schedule where he would film Family Ties from around 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. and then get dro- driven over to the lot to film for Back to the Future between 6 p.m. and like 3 to 4 a.m. And then Whoa. be driven home and just crash. And he did that for like three months. Oh he says he doesn't God. have a lot of memory of like filming the movie. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I love Michael J. Fox. He is. He's so great. He's so... He's so cool. He really does have like just a special something yes. that you're just like, I like that guy. Yeah. Thomas Wilson, who plays Biff, this is another Stoltz character. Um, he almost broke his collarbone because Stoltz kept roughing him up in the part where they're, I think it's in the lunchroom scene. And he was telling him, he was like, hey, like, calm, like, calm down. Oh my god. And Stoltz wasn't. And he said that he was planning on returning the favor when they were going to film the parks, the car parking scene, but that Eric was fired before they got to it. I think Stoltz kind of like rode people the wrong way. He also stayed in character between takes. He's so, he's such a weird. Yeah. There's also this story too. I think it's fake. I think Christopher Lloyd was joking because why would you not know this? But apparently when Lloyd was told that Stoltz was going to be replaced, he said, who's Eric? And then when they're like, Eric Stoltz is Marty McFly. (laughs) He's like, oh, I thought his name really was Marty. Because he would only respond to Marty between the takes. Oh my god! I think he was probably joking. Or that story is just made up. I found all these on like trivia sites. <laughs> it was a good move to get rid of him, but it is kind of sad. I think the person that I feel the most sad for is Laura Harding. Because you're just kind of like, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, you just, and she like, I mean, Leah Thompson did other stuff, I guess, before this maybe. I don't know when Some Kind of Wonderful was. 
And she was kind of around a little bit. This was like a, about like a year but like, after her I big break. I didn't know Laura Harding till The Office. Well, I'm like, I don't know. Do you know Elizabeth Shue from these movies? So like maybe this wouldn't have been her big break either. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she, maybe I just don't, I don't know what she what else she did. I don't really know that she did anything else except for The Office. It's really sad. But... I know. I still think the saddest one ever is Doug Ray Scott having to drop out of Wolverine. <laughs> That's your story you always go back to. That, can you imagine? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Also, another casting thing, uh, John Lithgow was originally wanted to play Doc Brown, but he was unavailable due to casting, so. There's something about John Lithgow I don't like. Um, he's, there's something mean about him that I think works really well for some characters. I, I mean, it's easy to be like, you, I can't imagine anyone else in these, in like such iconic roles. No, but, roles, like, but I like, I really love Christopher Lloyd. Oh, he is, his eyes, his he's eyes, just crazy. Yeah. And his mannerisms, like his, he's so, he has such a good physicality. Yeah. He's great. It was also a very rushed production because they wanted to get it in before a summer release. So there was only nine months of production. The time between wrapping filming and the release date was nine and a half weeks. Wow. So they just like pumped it out. It was like really quick. It was released mm-hmm. July 3rd, 1985. It made $381 million worldwide, which adjusted for inflation is about $1 billion. Whoa. Huge hit. 96% Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, this was like, it was the biggest movie of 1985 for sure. It holds the record of staying at number one for three solid months. Wow. To be fair, I just don't think you can do anymore. There's just too much going on. There's like a diversification of like culture. You know what I mean? Uh Like nothing will really hold the monoculture like it does. The closest I think we got was like Avengers and Game of Thrones, but it was huge. Uh, It was nominated for four Oscars. um, Whoa. Screenplay, sound, and best original song, which is Power of Love. And it won one, which was best sound effects editing. Okay, I wanted to talk to you about the time travel in this movie. Okay. I'm going to pull up a graphic for you that I made. Okay, we've got a screen in front of us. I made this at work today. Okay, All right. Hey, there's, so, there's a diagram. I feel like in film, time travel is depicted in three different ways, okay? Okay. There's one, the first one, which is called like one timeline. Did you make this up? Um, I've just, this is, I've just thought of this. Okay. What is your problem? What? Did you make it up? Like, did you just like, or is this like something that you've oh, like I, studied? I made this up today. I mean, I've thought about this, but this isn't, this isn't like, these aren't any original thoughts necessarily, okay. but it. I probably like bunch these. I'm sure people might con- like argue with me about this. <laughs> okay. So the first one is overwrites time. So, and we'll post this graphic somewhere, I'm sure on Instagram, maybe if you start at the end here, if you were to go back in time, it would rewrite the one timeline. So some examples would be like this movie looper about time and the Terminator Okay. So like in about time, he goes back and changes things and it just rewrites the current timeline that that he's on. It doesn't deviate, right? Mm -hmm. And I even feel like there's like two subsets in that where one is like it changes once it's set. So like in about time, he goes back in time, changes things. Then he goes back to the future. It's changed. Yeah. But in the movie like Back to the Future, it changes as it happens. So when he's screwing with things in the past, he's looking at the picture and it's disintegrating. Okay. Got it. So he's seeing the effects of it. As it's going on. There's like kind of two little subsets of that. Okay. The second is it creates multiple timelines. Uh, Some examples of that would be like Avengers Endgame, kind of. Um, Star Trek, the X-Men Days of Future Past comic book. This is like like the multiverse theory, right? So if you were to go back in time and change something, it would just start a new timeline that runs concurrently with the timeline you were already in. Okay. So for instance... The reason why I kind of put an asterisk with Avengers Endgame is because 
they do say, hey, if we take like an infinity stone, it'll create a new timeline. So we have to put it back to fix, to cut off the branch timeline. Do you remember that? Yeah, but when Steve doesn't put well, it there's, back. Well, there's some debate about this, which some people think that he went to a different timeline and is living in like a separate timeline oh. with Peggy Rogers. Or not Peggy Rogers. Well, I guess it would be Peggy Rogers with Peggy Carter. And that he's then he jumps back to the main timeline to give Sam Wilson the shield. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, and then the third one, which is I, I call the immutable timeline. And I feel like this is actually the hardest to write in fiction because you can it's really easy to create time paradoxes. And some examples of this would be Harry Potter, Interstellar, and Bill and Ted. Where okay. If I went back in time and like changed something, it doesn't change anything. That always happened. Like how how well do you remember Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban? Pretty well. Do you remember how they use like the time turner in mm-hmm. it? They go back in time and are affecting things and you realize that they had affected those earlier in the movie, but you didn't know what it was. Yeah. So like those always happened. You don't change time. Time is one continuous flow. Okay. Which kind of like almost makes it sort of like, well, could I go back and like change things? So that, but like you couldn't really go back and change anything because that already happened. This is the most confusing one and the one that creates t- like paradoxes. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking with this one, with Back to the Future, it's kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, it's kind of like who, where did the name Marty come from? Chicken or the egg. Himself. He told them about the name Marty, but he was already named Marty by them. Marty. Such a nice name. Well, and like to Doc... Like, he obviously met Marty, but, like, when he was with Marty in the 80s, he'd already met Marty in the past. Yeah. And then, well, here's some unintended consequences of the movie we just watched. You know, that really carefree movie we just watched. <laughs> There's some unpleasant things if you really if you really boil down into it. Okay. It always bugged me that his family in the new 1985 are completely different people. It'd be like dropping you into a house of strangers. He's never met them. They have a completely different past than the family he left yeah, in the beginning true. of the movie. Oh, yeah, that is true. And he does too. The Marty that they've known the whole time is a different Marty. That Marty will never be seen from again. He has memories of his whole life that the that current Marty exist. right now doesn't know. So in theory, that Marty is dead and doesn't exist anymore. So wouldn't that and be that? That would be the same with anything that overwrites one timeline. Exactly. That's kind of like an about time when he goes back, changes something, and he has a different kid. Or like he goes on a different date and his wife. Totally. And how long before, how long can you like, I guess his family seemed a little vapid, so maybe they wouldn't notice. But don't you think your family would notice like you are completely different and you don't seem to have any memories Memories. of like shared things that happened to all of us. Yeah, that's weird. That's very interesting. Thank you for sharing that with me. Thank you. I also thought that this... I feel like this was the first, not maybe not the first time, but like the gimmick of inadvertently causing something famous. Like when he plays Johnny Be Good and oh, the yeah. guy's like, John, John, it's Marvin, your cousin, Marvin Barry. You know that new sound you're looking for? Well, listen to this. That thing in a movie now is like not charming anymore. I agree. It's like, ah, Got okay, it. that's yeah. really, but in this one, it really is. You know what I mean? Yeah. They do it. They they play with it a bit more in the sequels as well. Any other questions about timelines? No, that was very educational. I thought about this a lot. I, I remember arguing with people at work about this quite a bit when Avengers Endgame came out. Of which of which is it? Is it an overwrites or is it creates multiple? And it was the argument was sort of both. My question is, if you really did time travel, what would happen? I believe in time travel. Do you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
But don't you think like? Well, okay. Well, okay. So my question is, if say if we did time travel, which would it be? Which of these three? I think is it the would reality? be number one overwrites one timeline. That makes the most sense in my brain. Or would it secretly be number two, but you thought it was number one? So say it was say it's number two, and you do this branch timeline in your mind. You just go like this, which you think is this, but there's also this other timeline. Oh <laughs> shoot. So I don't know. Probably one of the most, I think a really good example of that timeline is in the X-Men Days of Future Past comic book, which deals with going back in time to like change something bad happening. Uh, one of the characters, Kitty Pride, goes back in time to change this terrible future. And she does. She stops it. But when she goes back to the future, she goes back to her original timeline and it's still the same. All she's done is fix another timeline. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, you'd hope it would be overwrites one timeline. Or this. <laughs> Or number three, where it's just always has been that way. And time is just like an immutable thing where like you, we can't mess no, with it. No, because if I, if I time travel, it's because I would want to go back and change something. I wouldn't just... But what if you... what if So what if you're like, well, I'll go back to the 1940s. But what if you had always done that? My brain just... That's why, that's why the third one kind of is like... Yeah. Because then you're like, well, does that mean like free will doesn't exist? Because like... Would, Who knows if I've gone back and changed this. We should watch Looper, by the way. It okay. has some great time travel stuff. It's by Ryan Johnson. Whenever you say Looper, I think you're talking about Limitless. <laughs> Bradley Cooper. That is an insult to the movie Looper. <laughs> I shouldn't be too mean. Limitless is okay. It's, it's okay. It's a weird movie. It is. It's, it's basically on Adderall. It's got kind of a good idea, but it doesn't really do anything interesting with it. I actually think, I don't think I've seen all the way. I think I fell asleep in it. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And he, he just, what can you do with his superpower? He's like, I'll just bank now. Isn't that what he does? <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, what a What a movie. All right, do you want some lightning round trivia? Yes. Do you have anything else to say about time travel? You... Uh, the, weirdly, the first thing that comes to my mind is Harry Potter, yeah. It's always a mess when you introduce time travel, narratively. because it's Time like, Traveler's Wife, have you ever seen that one? No. Kind of messy. Well, once you have time travel, why, it's like, why wouldn't you just always use time travel? The thing that's interesting about the time traveler's wife is he can't choose when he time travels. That might That would fix that. And even with like the Harry Potter thing, because people are like, why wouldn't you just keep using time turners? If they're in the immutable timeline, it wouldn't really make a difference to go back and change the past because you're not changing the past. You're just doing something in the past that already happened. Yeah, Time Traveler's Wife is immutable timeline because nothing ever changes. This really only works if you're going back and changing things, not really if you're going in the future or like knowing things about the future because there's also like, is it Oedipus where he learns a prophecy and then inadvertently ends up fulfilling it? No. Okay, well, maybe it could be something else. Oh, it's not Macbeth, is it? It does have a prophecy that he ends up that is fulfilled in a weird way. He thinks he like doesn't under it's it's fulfilled in a way that he misunderstands the meaning. But there's one where it's like you will do this, and oh no, it's like trying to avoid the prophecy ends up bringing it to pass. And I remember people kind of criticizing the Star Wars prequels because that's sort of what they they are. Do you remember he has a dream of Padme dying in childbirth? Oh yeah. And so trying to prevent that ends up causing it. Is it Orpheus? Mm, I don't know. I don't think okay. so. Okay. Orpheus well, anyway. is like the looking back one. Sounds like we don't really know any of this crap. I thought you're the Shakespeare-ker. Shakespeare-ker. Well, I've never read Macbeth. <laughs> I've, I've... And Oedipus isn't Shakespeare. Neither is Orpheus. <laughs> All right. Lightning round. Um, so the time machine was a lot of different things. It wasn't always the DeLorean. At one point, it was a fridge. But they decided they didn't want kids climbing into fridges because they saw this movie do you remember when that was a huge we, we talked about this yeah 
that was a huge thing in my childhood was like growing up don't climb into the fridge it was real for me though because we legitimately had an old-timey fridge that you couldn't open from the inside we still do it's in like one, one of the one of the hallways downstairs but yeah it was like a bunch of different ideas and i think it's i love that it's the delorean it's so much funnier yeah and like it just works so much better that way the movie wasn't necessarily meant to have a sequel the cliffhanger was kind of just supposed to be like one Fun. final joke yeah, on the VHS release, I, I noticed they didn't have it on this release. So this is like the theatrical release, but they used to add a to be continued as they fly oh. away. Um, the writers also said if they had intended to have this lead directly into a sequel, they wouldn't have had Jennifer get in the car. Yeah. She gets like knocked out and like removed from the story pretty early on in the second huh. movie. Yeah, you'll, you'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Did you know that Back to the Future inspired rick and morty yes i did dan Harmon and justin roiland would do this comedy routine and they just barely changed enough of the details so it wasn't exactly but it was like rick doc marty morty but they changed it to so rick is morty's grandpa because there's kind of there's like this is made this is i'm not the first one to make this joke but it's kind of like why is marty hanging out with this old guy (laughs) and so like the kind of anyway so like they're related in it but like even like the designs of rick is like, yeah. kind of looks like Doc, Doc Brown. Yeah. yeah. Alan Silvestri did the score. I don't know if you recognize that name, but you know what else he I, scored? Avengers. Yeah. He's done a lot of stuff too. But like that, I would say, uh, to me at least, his two biggest themes are the Back to the Future theme and Avengers. Drew Struzan did the poster. He did most of the posters from the 80s that you recognize. Artwork, painting, Adventures style. and babysitting. Exactly. Yeah. To- like, think of any anything. Hook, Star Wars. Like, oh, hook, sure, sure. Yeah. Is this one of the ones that you would want, a poster? Uh, this would be one of the top ones, because yeah. it is a fantastic poster. The film was also one of the first to be shot at the Universal Backlot. I was going to ask you that. It looks just like the Universal Backlot. It really does, yeah. Biff Tannen's name was taken from Universal Studios executive Ned Tannen, who Gale and Zemeckis hated. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you noticed this. So the name of the mall was the Twin Pine Mall. Yes. I know there's something weird here. Uh, it's named because of the guy who owned the property, Doc Brown, is like, he had this idea of like mating pine trees. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. When Marty's driving away from that family, he drives over one of the pine trees and the guy's like, you ran over my pine tree. Oh yeah. And then it comes back and it's the sign's different. The sign says Lone Pine Mall. Yes, yeah. I do remember There's that. some like fun stuff in the second and third one like that too that I'll point out. There are only 32 visual effects shots in the film because they did ha- hardly had any time to work on it post-production. Yeah. So 32 in this movie. In comparison, there are 2,500 in Avengers Endgame. Whoa. And I was even watching it. I'm like, it's funny because I remember it being so like action-packed, this movie, but it's really, it's more of a comedy. Yeah. There's like a few exciting scenes. My favorite scene, my favorite like action part is when they're like going to run him into the manure and he lets the skateboard slide oh, under the car 100%. and he runs out. That is. It's great. It's so cool. That's where you're like, oh, this movie's great. I, is right? Um, and then the movie was banned in China, mainland. For a while, because of the notion of time travel, they felt disrespected history. <laughs> that is, That is a really fun fact. I'll say it. And then uh, my last one fact is um, (laughs) Thomas Wilson carries a card around containing answers to frequently asked questions to avoid repeating himself when he is approached by fans. And this is the card. I printed it out. 
it's really funny. It's basically like, I'm Tom Wilson. I was in all three Back to the Future movies. Michael J. Fox is nice. I'm not in close contact with him. Christopher Lloyd is nice. He's a very shy man. Crispin Glover is unusual, but not as unusual as he sometimes presents himself. We got along nicely. Leah Thompson is nice. Eric Stoltz originally played Mark. Like, he got, like, it's really, really funny. You all should, like, look it up. That's He's really a really funny, funny guy. I've, I've watched interviews with him before. Thank you and God bless. <laughs> okay. So I wanted to ask you now, who's your favorite character and least favorite character? Marty is the best, but Doc's pretty fun. I, I'm torn. I Mar- I have to go with Marty. He's but, so cool. But Doc is so funny. He's so funny. But Marty's so cool. When, when Lorraine comes over to the garage and his eyes just the whole time. Yeah. Man, they're, it's so good. Yeah. This is a movie where there are just so many lines where you're just like, this is such a good movie. Mm-hmm. When she's like, Lorraine, Lorraine, what are you doing? I swiped it from the old lady's liquor cabinet. Yeah, well, you shouldn't drink. Why not? Because you, you might regret it later in life. Don't be such a square. Everybody who's anybody drinks. Jesus, you smoke too? Marty, you're beginning to sound just like my mother. And he just, just looks. He, yeah. They have such, they're such gifted comedic performers. Yeah. Yeah. It's honestly kind of a hard question because. I have to go. You have to go with Marty. I don't know. Well, I used to think that my least favorite was George. But on this rewatch. I was going to say that. I'm like, George is actually pretty funny. I guess if I had to pick one. George is funny, but he like, sometimes you're like, okay, I get like, it. Yeah. No, that's kind of how I felt too. Yeah. Did anything surprise you in the movie? Yes, I remember being confused about whether he, in my little kid brain, like, is his mom his girlfriend? Like, oh, yeah. I didn't, I completely didn't even realize that he had a different girlfriend who kind of looks like his mom. Isn't that funny how your little kid brain just kind of like morphs those together? Yeah. You're just like, wait, I think that's the same girl. Yes. That's like something I was confused about. Also, when I started watching it, I was like, well, I've told you, like, I just mesh kind of all of these together, I guess. Yeah. I was like, how are we going back to the future? Like, I didn't know whether we were going to the past or the future. Because I imagine, especially with, like, how big hoverboards were for, like, a Christmas. And because it was the, we passed 2015, which is when they go into the future to 2015. So I imagine, like, them going to the future was probably like pretty clear in your brain yeah but not necessarily that they went to 1955 well they go to the past first and then yeah. they go back to the future the point is we need to get him back to the future right there's another podcast pointed this out i think it was the rewatchables but they were just like is that probably the best line reading ever of a title yes. in the movie <laughs> when he basically walks to the camera and looks at the camera and is like next saturday night we're sending you back to the future did you think doc brown had really been killed no but i couldn't i didn't realize what happened to him i that was one of the options what really happened was that he actually read the letter another one was i thought maybe marty would get back to him in time Mm -hmm. obviously another one was i wondered if he had put himself in different timelines and he was just like jumping around yeah i think because i was kind of trying to put myself in your shoes watching it because i was like i wonder if she because i'm sure you know he's around in the sequels I probably would have thought like, I wonder if it's the young doc from the fifties that's. Oh I, yeah, I thought yeah. Of, I thought of that too. But that like that one doc stays very much dead. Mm-hmm. Did you feel any anxiety when they, yeah. he was like trying to get like the plug together? Yeah, totally. When that, he's on that high. Thing. Isn't that funny how much that just stresses you out, even though you know? Well, then it's like 
the end really is like boom, 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 where he like is stuck in the trunk and then he has to go fight and then he has to get back and the thing doesn't reach. So then he gets down and he untangles it from the tree. pulls out the other cord. Yeah. And then the car stops, doesn't work. And then he eventually does go back to the future and the car's chasing again. Like it's this whole like last 20 minutes is kind of like. Even my brain being like, how on earth would you calculate how far back the car needed to go? to hit 88 right at the exact moment when when the, it's gonna like even when he's like we have to do it right at 904 or 907 but it's like well that's a whole minute you don't know the exact second that lightning's gonna strike yeah like there's so many variables that like overrides my anxiety watching mm-hmm. it when it all comes together it really does feel like ah that's great yeah what was the most engaging and least engaging part of the movie for you least engaging i think was the dance when he's on stage maybe Playing Johnny Be Good? Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's fun to see him play, though, and dance around. I think where it loses me, not loses me, but, like, I really like the opening, and when he goes to school, he's right on the back of the skateboard, but then when he, yeah. like, kind of... I understand you need it. You need to see how his parents are and, like, watch them say little things so they can, like, contrast when he goes back in time. But that first dinner with his family, that's probably a part where I would kind of skip if I was just mm-hmm. by myself. I would just get to, like, the part where he's in the parking lot. Yeah. Most engaging, I think, is the the skateboard scene. Yeah, that's really good. In the 50s. That's a really fun part. Was skateboarding big in the 80s? I think it was pretty big. They kind of talked about this on some of the other podcasts. I mean, because it's like huge in the early 2000s, 90s. I would say in the 90s especially. Yeah. And I, it's because some people were like, do you think this contributed to the popularity of skateboarding? I think it might have. Skateboarding reached its height in the 90s. And rollerblading. Do you remember rollerblading? That's what I was going to say. Rollerblading. Well, rollerblading is really 80s too. Uh, skate, maybe like skating, skating, but like rollerblades were huge in the 90s. Yeah, that's true. I remember going to like skating rinks and if you, cause I always wanted to be on skates just cause you're, you're steadier kind of, I don't feel that way now. I would be on rollerblades because everyone else was on rollerblades cause it was cooler. Oh, and you were kind of a loser if you were on skates. But I remember being on skates one time, just feeling like such an idiot. I have a memory of being like seven years old, maybe eight. (laughs) <laughs> with my rollerblades going up and down my street and like having like open like a button-up shirt kind of that was just open and like my bare like torso and feeling so sexy and just going up and down and like the street and just kind of like going around really fast even though i couldn't do anything i could just go in straight line on the rollerblades just going as fast as i could then like flipping around coming back and like envisioning that maybe like some girl i liked was gonna like drive down the street and see me and just be like wow who's that guy funny like what you have in your mind as like a six-year-old you think you look so badass and then like if you could go back to that moment and just watch some it's like trying your best all over yeah like just being really, yeah just <laughs> getting through it and just it's just funny like you just you look at kids now and you're like i wonder if they think right now i am <laughs> so cool what i am doing right now is so awesome <laughs> that's basically all i have you liked it i loved it i think it's one of the greatest movies ever made I, I didn't want to see it at the time last year. I don't know why. Did we have weren't we gonna maybe gonna see it in like a drive in or mm-hmm. something? I regret not doing that. This is a movie to be seen over and over on the big screen. Yeah. Okay. You're on board for two and three? Yeah. Um I don't have any like no one's talked to us because we haven't like engaged with our podcast or our Instagram for <laughs> several months. So I have nothing else to share, but okay. we have some really fun things coming up this summer, I feel like. Some, we do. Uh, some really fun classic movies that Courtney hasn't seen that we'll get to watch for the first time. Where can people find us if they want to reach us? Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Wife Watches. 
Twitter at wife underscore watches, not the underscore. You can send us an email. Let us know what you want us to watch at mywifewatchesmovies at gmail.com. Or you can um, text us. I was thinking it might be fun to do a voicemail call-in. Okay. So maybe we'll set that up. All right. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. I bet by the time I edit it, we'll have that. So the number is 616-209-8518. Again, that's 616-209-8518. One eight. See everyone. And remember, if my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. <laughs> <laughs>